With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMR Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 678. My name is Eric Nilsson. And with me today, I have my regular co-host, Matt Longeth. Today's Wednesday, February 2nd, 2024. Matt, good to see you. How are you doing today? Well, we're time traveling again because I think it's not Wednesday. It's Friday. Oh, it is Friday. It is Friday. But it is the second. I got the date right. We're doing the special edition Friday edition because we got uh, Brad here who did a crazy session this morning. We'll talk about that. But Matt, how are you doing? Eric, I'm well. Like many things that seems to be, you know, in the midst of change, we're doing a podcast here on a Friday afternoon rather than our normal Wednesday schedule. So more of uh, the state of change, if you will. And it's also been a hot minute since I've been able to join uh, the podcast here. I think that it's uh, the last recording I was able to participate was back in December. So glad to be put here and, and part of the team and to check in with our friends over at VMUG. But before we get to all that, sir, my favorite questions that I haven't asked in so long. How are you? How are things out on the West Coast? And what is the color of the bay? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, we, it is a season of change and we're going through a lot of it, but it's all been really good. It's been good. Everything that we're doing is stuff that I would have done a couple of years ago. So I'm really happy about all the changes happening. And uh, Palo Alto is busy. Uh, Hawk is uh, working in our building now. Everybody's on campus. Believe it or not, when you go on campus, it's hard to find parking. Like uh, the front lots in front of uh promontory are full the lots in wow. front of the hilltop are full you got to drive all the way to the hilltop parking garage and go up on the third floor to to get some parking so it is uh it's busy on campus and and uh, everybody's back in the office and and working so it's, it's good and then you know the weather is california winter time we've had some storms come through we're gonna have another big storm uh this weekend we had a storm two days ago so the good news is the reservoirs are filling back up and uh ski the Tahoe uh, mountains are filling with snow, so it's a it's a good time. Atmospheric to- rivers, so I understand, right? Yep, uh, two years in a row, which is really good for the aquifer because the aquifer takes a lot of time to fill back up. So we're happy about that. Um, we should drive by Corey Romero, who's uh, sitting patiently. How's it going, Corey? I know you're in the midst of uh, getting all the experts out and uh, lots of stuff going on. What's new? Yeah, lots of things, lots of moving parts happening. We've got the V-Expert application announcement or award announcements uh, happening on February 16th. Um, also have uh, two other blog posts coming out on that same day for V-Expert. So keep an eye on the uh, blogs.vmware.com slash V-Expert or follow at V-Expert on Twitter uh, to keep up with that news. Um, especially if you're a V-Expert and you didn't apply and you didn't make it this year, 
there's something I got in there in that messaging for you too. So keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, so looking forward to uh, to releasing that, announcing it. We've got um, 10 plus sub-programs happening this year, which are going to be great. And we have two to three uh, program managers per program this year. And so we are going to full throttle, uh, knock it out of the park with these sub-programs. It's been hit and miss the past years, the few here and there, as these things were new and, you know, coming in. And But uh, we've ironed out processes and policies and various things, and uh, things are looking really great. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would say that um, the divisions have now assigned people in each division to work with the community teams, mm -hmm. to work with the, the expert teams, to work with sub-programs. Like, they have gotten the message in the division that you need to engage with community, right? Yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen it, right? Yeah, like, I'm excited. We always used to joke the quickest way to get laid off at VMware was to raise your hand and say, I want to be a full-time community person. Uh, over in the views, because if you did, I guarantee you, you were going to be gone the next the, 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 by, within eight yeah. months. You were going to be gone because you had to do product and community. You just couldn't have a community role, right? They they just be used to not did not did not continue the investment in that space. Not not now. Now now we're seeing full on engagement. People wanting to engage with VMUG. Gene Williams runs VMUG. We got Brad on the show today. I'm sure he'll confirm some of this. And so we're seeing a lot of uh, a, a lot of you know community evangelism sub program activity. So it's good. I got to ask you, Corey, before we uh, get too far away from you, how's the snow shoveling uh, up in Utah? You know, it, it's been pretty good the last uh, the last week and a half. We haven't had much snow at all. A little bit today, uh, but I hear that there's a huge storm coming in. Um, I, I feel bad for my wife and my son because I leave tonight at 10 p.m. for a flight to California to see my parents for a week. So <laughs> I'll be in the rain and my poor wife and son will be dealing with the, the feet of snow every single day here in Utah. I'm sorry to hear that. That's a that's a tough one. But you'll come in for a big storm. The storm of the year is coming in on Sunday. Yeah. So you might you might get some good weather here. They're talking about four feet of snow in Tahoe. So oh, maybe you'll fly back home and pick that up when you when you <laughs> yeah. get home. I gotta fly home because I gotta go clear my driveway. <laughs> All right. Well, on the show today, we are going to talk to Brad Tompkins, who's here to talk to us about VMUG and VMUG with Broadcom, VMUG 2024, what's happening. I know Brad this morning did a, uh, you know, a couple thousand people on a call listening to, you know, where a Broadcom update as well, where VMUG stands. And so we thought we'd have him on the show today after that, get his impressions. We can all talk about it. I think, uh, Matt, you were probably watching. I know I was watching. I was. So we'll get to we'll get to talk to Brad behind the scenes. Maybe we we'll get a little behind the scenes of what's really happening uh, at VMUG and uh, go from there. So Brad, welcome to the show. As always, uh, we'll ask you to do the you know the two minute elevator pitch. Who are you and what do you do in the VMware ecosystem? Sure, sounds good. Well, thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on the podcast. Uh, my name is Brad Tompkins, and I am the VMUG Executive Director. So that is a global role and. I'm responsible for the VMUGs all across the globe. Uh, we've got a team of people that are in offices all over the place, mostly in Nashville and Chicago. We've got some in DC and of course some other places as well. But our role is for uh, you know us to, to manage all the things that are going on with VMUG. That includes user cons, that includes support for local groups, that includes VMUG Advantage, which is very active and growing, which we enjoy VMUG Advantage, and that's a great program for us and the people that subscribe to that. 
So it's uh, it's a lot. It, it keeps us busy and uh, it keeps us going. But a lot of the work that we get done is through the volunteer leaders out there. And there is a, you know, three, four hundred volunteer leaders out there that really help VMUG. They're the core of VMUG. They're the ones that do the local meetings. They're the ones that are advocates for VMUGs out there. So without those leaders all over the place, uh, you know, VMUG wouldn't be VMUG. So shout out to them and looking, you know, it's just great to be able to represent such uh, a wonderful community. And it's a really honor to, to be out there forward facing and talking with our members. It's one of the things that I, uh, that I enjoy doing. I was in Texas earlier this week. I'll be back in Texas um, next week and just talking to members, talking to Broadcom employees, talking to partners. And that's uh, that's what I'm here for. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Brad, for me, I, I think you should name, uh, put on your resume professional flyer, right? Yeah. Along with it because because I have seen you all over the place. You, you make the effort to get out to the to the user cons and 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 engage with all the community members at the same time. So uh, we'll, we'll put that on your list of, you know, the guy that weaves it all together and, and <laughs> creates a thread between everything. And I mean, I wouldn't want to know how many miles you put on your frequent flyer program, but it's got to <laughs> be, is it, a, are you over a million? Do you do a million a year now? <laughs> or like, just... No, 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 no. I don't, I don't do that much, but it, I do think it's important for people to get together face to face, you know, where obviously, you know, COVID is is long time since passed, but people are still kind of dealing with that. And, you know, if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But when people get together and I hear it from members, people, especially when people are at user cons or at local meetings, they're like, man, it's so nice to get face to face with uh, with people again. So I would just, you know, encourage people get back out there, you know, get your pajama pants off, change into another pair of pants and then, you know, head out to some of these local events, whether it's a VMUG or not, you know, get continue to stay plugged into the V community out there. The V Expert Program is another great community. Um, you know, we encourage all our members, especially leaders, to to apply for that. Explore's coming up; it'll be here before we know it. So, whether you're hitting, you know, Vegas or Barcelona, you know, heck, go to both if you can. And uh, so, it's it's great to see people face to face. Yeah, absolutely is, absolutely is. So, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about Broadcom. I know you did a live stream this morning where you kind of laid out uh, what's going on with VMUG and Broadcom. So, and you have some nice bullet items. Maybe you should just take us through kind of the some high level messaging that you know that you delivered to the community. So, in case people listening to this podcast didn't manage to get on a call this morning, it was seven a.m. California time. So, you know, maybe all of us sleepyheads didn't make it. I know I did, but one why don't you give us a kind of the summary of uh, what you talked about the bullet items and then uh, then we'll we'll hitch up with some questions. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, first of all, VMUG is alive, a well, we are doing good. We're gearing up for 2024. I mentioned VMUG Advantage, that program is very strong. It's continuing on. Uh, you know, people have asked me what's going to change, those kind of things. Pretty much is business as usual for VMUG, which is great. Um, obviously, there were some changes that kind of happened somewhere on the back end when it went from VMware to Broadcom, but I feel like we're past all that now. And now it's just about helping our members uh, get the most out of their VMware and partner solutions. And that's our mission. Like that is what our mission is. VMUG is an independent organization. We're obviously tightly aligned with Broadcom, but we're an independent org. We're a 501c and we are managed and directed by a uh, board of 11 people, 10 of those which are end users, they're volunteer end users and in companies from SLED to major manufacturing to smaller companies and everywhere in between. 
Um, Eric is the sole voting board member on the VMUG board. So yes, Broadcom does have representation, but it's one out of 11. So this is very much an end user driven uh, organization and it's gonna stay that way. So again, we're independent, tightly aligned, but independent. Uh, a lot of people ask, and we covered this on the call, about our revenue. And you know, you hear things like, oh, this is a part of Broadcom. And we heard it when it was VMware. It's a part of VMware. That's not the case. Um, Broadcom represents about 20% uh, of our revenue, annual revenue. And the board looks at that and they monitor that. We don't want that number to get too high because then you start to lose some of your independence. So I'm not a Broadcom employee. I'm employed by VMUG. And um, that's the way that works. So 30% comes from Advantage. If you're not familiar with VMUG, VMUG membership is free. VMUG membership is for individuals and it's for end users, partners, and Broadcom employees. So anybody can join VMUG and that membership is free. If you choose to upgrade your membership and buy a, yes, I'm going to say it, subscription, you can get a subscription to VMUG Advantage. It's a yearly subscription. It's $210. And that gives you additional perks like the two biggest ones is discounts on training and certification uh, and then eval experience, which gives you the license keys to download VMware products to run in your home lab, not for production. Uh, but that is still alive and well. People have asked, is it going away? Is Broadcom going to change that? Nope. All the keys are in there and we are continuing on with that program. So just want to yeah, let everybody know the broad. I have to ask, I'll also add some color here, right? If you get advantage, you can go to the vmug.com library, right? And there's content library now where we have a lot of the recorded sessions and so forth. If you buy the advantage membership, you don't get any commercials, right? It's live streaming, no commercials, no brand <laughs> in there. Just, just go watch the library content, kind of like Netflix and all, you know, I think it's Hulu where you, if, you know, if you don't buy the membership, then you get commercials, but uh, you get that commercial. And I'm like, not only kidding a little bit, but vmug.com now has a library with all the content there. So I got to do a shout out to that. Yes. Yeah, good call. Yeah. By the way, just like all the premium channels, you know, VMUG runs as a community. And so to get that Advantage membership, not only get the licenses, you get the discounts for training and discounts for Explore, but you also just support VMUG, right? I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to participate, get that, you know, that plus membership, because we do a lot of work. We get libraries. We, we do have libraries. We have live stream. We do have costs, right? So it's great to get that Advantage membership there. It's great for you, but it's also great for VMUG. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful program for us. It's been going on for, gosh, I don't know, eight, 10 years now. So Advantage is 30% uh, of our revenue and 50% comes from partners. So these are partners in the Broadcom, in the VMware ecosystem. And that's how we, you know, that's how we're funded. I know a lot of people had some questions around that, but that's the way that works. Uh, the important thing is VMUG has always had top-down support from uh, VMware. And we're seeing that with Broadcom. It was no... Pat Gelsinger was no stranger to VMUG events. Uh, Ragu Raguram was the same thing. Like he attended the events, even up to Explore in, in Vegas. Uh, and we're seeing that and experiencing that with Hock Tan and, and his team as well. Hock Tan uh, was at a meeting that we had in Barcelona. This was probably 20 days before the 60 plus billion dollar deal closed. And he spent time with leaders. He talked to leaders, talked to, you know, individuals, those kind of things. So, that has been great to see that that's going to continue. Um, VMUG has been in conversation with Broadcom throughout this whole process, you know, probably for, you know, eight, 10 months getting ready for this and that sort of thing. So very strong relationship between Broadcom 
and VMUG. We enjoyed that when it was VMware. We are seeing that uh, continue with Broadcom. So we're thrilled about that. So I'm very bullish on VMUG and where we're going and the things that we're going to be seeing in the next, you know, not only 2024, but, you know, 25 and six and beyond. I got two comments there with that. And then maybe I'll let Matt chime in here. But um, one comment is. I know, and we weren't allowed to talk about it, but even before the deal closed, you were one of the only executive people that were in that I am aware of that actually got to go meet Hawktown down in uh, San Jose when we they didn't even own us yet, and he was reaching out to you and getting getting time in in with you privately in an office to talk about VMUG and the commitments, right? So you got an opportunity to meet with him well before the the deal was even finalized. Absolutely. And that just goes to show the value that um, Hocktan and Broadcom put on the community. It was a meeting. Uh, it was three of us in that meeting and we talked about VMUG the entire time. And again, it was just amazing to me. Somebody that's running a business like Broadcom not only sees the value, but then takes an hour out of his day to come, you know, talk to VMUG. That was that was impressive. And that was months before it closed. So the value is there and Broadcom understands that value. And I'm excited about where we're going to take this. And some of these things, I don't even know where it's going to be, but I know there's going to be some great opportunities uh, in the in the months and years to come. I know. My, my other second comment is it's, it reminds me of the Tron movie where in Tron, the users were all powerful, right? Like everybody in the digital world were like, you know, not we're lower. And oh, my God, you're a user. And Tron was a user. And I get that impression from Broadcom, right? I get the impression that if you're a user, they care. They do care. And some of, some of the reputation of Broadcom with their product pricing and, you know, other acquisitions where they did other things, they, they, they definitely have a rep. Right. But what I've seen is that when it comes to users and the user groups and the community, they're like, it's like a Tron movie. They're, oh, my God, you're the users. And and we get that when we're talking to the divisions and we're talking to all the new executives. They're like, oh, yeah, you're the user guys. Right. Like, you know, you feel special, like you have some power shield going on. So it is interesting. And uh, and I would say that the fact that Hawk has made himself so available to you and to us as a, like I consider myself a VM, VMUG user group member. Um, I find it, I find it, I find it refreshing actually. Now, I think that um, when Pat took over, it was very similar. If you remember, I don't know if but Paul Moritz was before your days, it but was. I think when Paul Moritz showed up, it was not that. We did not get that bear hug. In fact, oh. we had to never use the term virtualization. We're not talking about virtualization anymore, right? And we're like, what? Like, like what? Why? This is, we didn't know where to go. We're just standing around staring at the wall. Going, we're not sure what to do. This is not the case. Pat took over and we got this bear hug. And I feel like when Broadcom has come in and Hawk has come in and the leadership that he's leaving in place for the VMware products, you know, have been told, hey, go get, go engage with the community. Absolutely. It's, um, it's tremendous to see the support. And again, it's it's continuing. And and it was said that it would continue. And now we're experiencing that it is actually continuing. So that's great. I can't can't ask for anything more at this moment. And before Matt jumps in, um, I, I will say, you know, proof is always in the pudding, right? Like talk is cheap, right? But, you know, me and you have been working on, you know, SOWs and POs for VMUG, that's my job. Part of my job is to make sure that, you know, everybody gets their funding in place and that we have funding targets. And I, I think like 75% of all the yearly budget has been already allocated and cut, right? So not only do we, do they say it, 
you know, Hawks and saw Hawk had approved the, the some of these POs are pretty big, right? Uh, Hawk has approved them, right? Like, yeah, we're going to do this. And I've heard him reject other things. So not only do they talk the talk, you know, they're, they're actually coming through with the funding that, that we expect. So it's been good. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. It's again, yeah. money is where the mouth is and, and they're following through. So that's great to see. Matt, any impressions or questions? I know you attended the session this morning, so I was just wondering what you were thinking. Yeah, let's crack the egg. <laughs> okay. So, I, I'm through no stretch of the imagination, a great majority of our VMUG community is made up of small to medium-sized business users and administrators. And during this morning's call, we heard a lot of concerns from those users. And, and being VMUG members, VMUG leaderships, obviously some passions came out and, and some concerns. At the same time, this is much like we're changing the day of the week that we're doing a podcast. This situation is very much in flux. So, Brad, I will tee that up over to you, sir, to say... What is your advice for those users and administrators that are out there running a one-man or, dare I say, one-person shop uh, that has you know those three to six hosts that are concerned about their pricing? Or, hey, we don't use vSAN, or we don't have an implementation or a need for NSX if we're going to go down the whole VCF path. So rather than, I would say, you know, as we're seeing a lot of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt out there through online forums and just some analogous things for renewals and whatnot, from the community standpoint, what is your advice to those SMB admins that, that have a, a, a great deal of concern right now, as we saw in this morning's meeting? I can sum that up easy. Be patient. I think you just need to be patient. Wait until all the information comes out. We know that partners are going to be getting their letters and understanding what's going on on Feb, Feb 5. So that's a big date. A lot of SMB, uh, maybe even all of them are buying through partners because that's just the way it was with VMware. That'll continue with Broadcom. 44% um, of VMUG members are SMB. So this is something that's very important to VMUG. I mean, that's a lot of our members. Uh, so my advice is be patient. Make sure you understand everything before you look at other alternatives if you decide to go down that road. And look, VMUG, again, we're an independent organization. I love VMware, been using VMware for a long time, built, you know, sort of built my career on that as well, just like many VMUG members. And um, you, at the end of the day, you got to make a business decision. So if what is being presented to you doesn't work, then yeah, you're going to have to find alternatives. But I would just be wary about those alternatives out there because you know, it's tough to beat vSphere. I mean, it has dominated the market and it has a, a lot of features that people are using and, you know, you need those features. So make sure that feature parity is there if you're looking to do anything else. Um, from a money perspective, yes. I mean, from what I'm hearing, your, your spend for VMware is going to go up and that is just a, a fact. So understand what that means. Everybody has budgets. Budget seems to be getting tighter and tighter. You're always being asked to do more with less. So instead of just saying, oh, my vSphere license has tripled, look at what that package is and see if there's anything else in that package that's presented to you can be used to maybe reduce costs elsewhere, maybe make you run more efficiently. 
Maybe you don't have to hire that second person if you're in SMB because now the software is, you know, automated more or, you know, everything's all in one uh, platform or fewer platforms or those kind of things. So, you know, change is hard. I get it. Change is hard. This is going to force change on a lot of people. And that's just a fact of the matter. Money is going to be involved in this. And for some of you, it's going to be more money. So you've got to sit down, evaluate everything, look at it as clearly as you can, and then make the best decision for your career and your company. Yeah, Matt, I, I want to take a stab at this, too, because I have a slightly different perspective, right? Because um, I've worked in SMB. I worked in a, uh, SMB for you know several years as an administrator running a small data center. And uh, the only thing I would say is, and, and, you know, and we run some of our own instances, and buddy of mine have small companies that they run on it. And what I would say is, okay, you used to spend $1,200 for a vCR license for whatever the standard enterprise cheap version is, right? And, and you know, based on my guesstimate, you know, maybe that will now require you to buy a VVVF, is it? Uh, you know, uh, a, which is not as expensive as VVC, right? Uh, VMware Cloud Foundation, v, VMware Cloud, VCF. It's not as expensive as VCF, but it is going to be more because you're going to get NSX, you're going to get ARIA, you're going to get... Uh, VSAN, right? Um, maybe you're going to pay four thousand instead, maybe five thousand instead of instead of twelve hundred, right? But then you got to ask yourself, how much training do I get for my career, right? Like if I can actually implement virtual storage and virtual networking, guess what? You're going to make twenty grand more a year as an admi administrator. Your salary, if you learn that skill set, now maybe you have some convincing to do to convince your management to you know, stick with VMware and, you know, get a VCF license, right? Which is going to cost $5,000 more, whatever it's going to cost. But from a career perspective, if you get to go implement, because now you've purchased it and you've convinced your management to purchase it, you're going to learn virtual networking. You're going to learn virtual storage. You're going to have time and you're going to build that because you've got the licensing. That's good for your career, right? So yes, somebody's going to pay some extra for for, for that for that solution, but you're going to level up to a base level that I think over time everybody will need to get to anyway. Even if you're a small SMB environment, you're going to need to eventually implement that stuff. And so this is kind of one of these things that you'll, you'll pay some now, but long term, I think it'll 10x what it is worth for you doing it. So that's my take. And I think that Broadcom and Hawk particularly knows this. I've heard him say it. Like, yeah, this, yeah, we're going to level everybody up. Instead of just sitting and learning this, we're going to require you to learn a modern day infrastructure because modern day infrastructure does virtual storage, does virtual networking. If you think you're going to be running in the land of not a full digital virtual environment over the next 10 years, I think you're wrong, right? And you're hiding and you're going to be wishing that you had up upskilled at some point. Not only that, but if everybody goes to VCF, then there's going to be a lot more jobs out there that require networking and storage, right? So the the whole thing is leveling up. And, you know, when you level up, there's some costs involved with it. But once you get there, everybody's leveled up. That's my two cents. I don't know if I'm right or not, but that's my two cents. You know, to crib a, a line from a, a former CEO of mine, the, the desire for gain is sometimes less than the fear of change. Right. So it hmm. people are sometimes 
very much stuck in their ways uh, of not wanting to, well, we, Hey, we have no need for vSAN. We have a storage array. Well, where's that storage array on your refresh cycle? Is there other security concerns that are true business drivers from uh, a compliance standpoint that your particular vertical needs that NSX would enable that you may be purchasing other tools? And of course, to come full circle on this, this is the time that the community was built for in many ways. How are the other operators in this space tackling these challenges, whether it's from learning or implementation or even just doing cost analysis. Lots of similar environments that are out there on the SMB scale, limited budgets and whatnot. And to have that group of peers to collaborate in these times of change and challenge, I can't think of a better group to be associated with. So rather than, let's say, running away and looking at other alternatives, maybe this is time to embrace that change and reach out to those other fellow community members that you already have access to, to see how they're handling this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's well said. That's exactly what VMUG is here for. And, you know, obviously we need people to be using VMware products to have a VMware user group. If everybody went away tomorrow, then VMUG probably doesn't exist anymore. Now we know that's not going to happen. So where's the value that VMUG can bring? And it's that. I mean, I remember some of my early VMUG days where um, the meetings were about, look, we know you're going to P2V this thing. When you call up support, don't tell them it's virtualized because they're going to tell you to, you know, stick it on its own server. And it's like, how did you get around that? How does it work? Maybe this hardware wasn't supported, but we made it work. How do you do it? What driver do you need? It's not going to be quite like that, but I do think it's a, hey, I'm an SMB. Now I have VVF. Can somebody help me out with vSAN? Or I want to automate some things with ARIA. Now that I have it, can somebody help me out with that? Make my life a little bit easier so I can focus on my SMB's business doing better through IT and not just keeping IT going and keeping up with all the blocking and tackling, automate what you can. So tons of opportunities there uh, for you, but it, it is going to require change. It's going to require effort and it's going to require uh, extra money from your company. Yeah, look at Aria. That's a really good point, right? Like all of us are sitting around doing PowerShell. Why do, you know, Aria does management, you know, you can script management under under Aria, right? They've got a whole, you know, API for it. Um, why don't people spend time learning that and doing that? Well, because a lot of times they don't have the license, right? They just, they just haven't taken that step. But once you get it, it's amazing. It's mouse click, click, boom. And, and it's way easier than running PowerShell scripts, right? It does a really good job, but you know, it requires you to buy that license. It requires you to, you know, take that next step. And if you don't take that next step, you know, you're still shell programming, right? And uh, in the end, not that many people shell program. Uh, make files went away. GitHub is the future, right? Like there's, there's, there's technology changes that we kind of grab onto and hold onto because this is the way we've done it. And then there's reasons and, you know, no one, no one wants to spend more money. So, you know, you never take that leap. Once you take that leap, you know, you end up, adopting new ways. So I think it is uh, one of those moments where VMUG can help people get through that. Absolutely. And and we're looking for uh, members out there that have gone through the process. And this is such a new process. There's not that many out there. But I did talk with a VMUG member. He's like, hey, I just moved to VVF and here's why it was great for me. 
and it was a little bit less expensive. You got more functionality, those kind of things. That's not going to be everybody's experience. I get it. But we do want to have those stories. And I encourage you out there, if you once you start going through this process, share those at your VMUG. We would love to have a presentation and have you come, you know, fly to a couple cities and do a user con. But if you're not quite there, that's OK. Just talk about it at the roundtable that you're at. Or if you're, you know, at a restaurant, just, you know, talk to your peers about that because that's going to be key to help everybody navigate through this. And that's what VMUG is here for, sharing our stories on how we get from point A to point B, whether it's technology, whether it's licensing, you know, regardless of what it is, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And I would say, even if you're just talking about it at a, at a VMUG chapter meeting, uh, you can record yourself, go to Zoom, open up a Zoom and just do a little talk and then you can upload it to the library, right? That's what the library is for as well. So you can get this information out, share it to everybody, right? And uh, it's rel relatively easy to do. So like that. Um, I wanted to, uh, yeah, sh you know, maybe in pull up the other door, door number three for the other elephant in the room or crack the egg. Um, and Brad, you did a pretty good job. Uh, EUC, right? You know, you, we, you, you got to ask about EUC and what's going to happen. And I think you did a pretty nice job talking about VMUG and EUC and the partner tie-in. So maybe you should just do that narrative again, because I thought that was really good the way you handled that. Yeah. So for folks that might not be aware, um, Broadcom has made it clear that they are going to divest EUC. So that entire product line is going to go somewhere else. Uh, where it's going to go, I don't know. But what I do know is wherever it goes, VMUG is going to reach out to those new owners and say, hey, you know, we're VMUG. You need to be a part of VMUG. We want your content. We've got your users and ho hopefully still keep that content uh, at VMUGs. And this also includes Advantage. Um, I'm not expecting any changes to Advantage, but there will be some when uh, Broadcom sells EUC. We've got those horizon skews in Advantage. So you know, we're going to have to figure out what's going to happen with that. Of course, we're going to ask to keep those SKUs. We'll see with whoever the new company is, if that's possible or not. Um, but at that point, the EUC division is going to be approached just like we approach our other partners. I mentioned 50% of our revenue comes from partners, and that's a lot of partners, maybe, you know, two, 300 different partners that contribute to all of this. EUC will be another one of those partners in our ecosystem that we'll reach out to and say, hey, we want your content at our virtual events, at our local meetings, at our user cons, et cetera, et cetera. We'll do the same thing with Carbon Black as well. Um, I'm a Carbon Black user. I've got it running on my laptop right now. And so we'll do the same thing with that. So just because they're not under the Broadcom umbrella anymore, we can still engage them just like we do many, many, many other partners out there as well. So looking forward to see where that lands and you know, what's what's going to happen with that? Uh, a lot of people ask me questions about. So when EUC leaves, you know, a lot of things on Horizon are run on ESX. What's going to happen with that? And um, there was an article I read where Broadcom was stating, like, look, we realize that VMware products, when EUC goes, there's still going to be a lot of VMware products that are associated with that EUC environment. So they're being very uh, picky about who is going to buy it. So I think that's good news is if you're an EUC user, it's not necessarily just going to go to the highest bidder or anything like that. They need and want to find a good home for EUC because at the end of the day, my guess is every one of those EUC customers are still going to be VMware slash Broadcom uh, customers when it's all said and done. And, you know, we want, we need to make sure that everybody's taken care of. So 
That's what's going to happen from an EUC perspective. I thought that was a great way to talk about that. Um, I know the EUC people are going to move into the campus on the lower portion by Creekside uh, uh, in Palo Alto. So I don't think even if they get bought, I have a feeling they're going to still all be working, you know, mm. a walk away. So and and to your point, I think um, they care about who they sell it to. And I think they're trying to sell it to someone that is in a position to compete better in the end user computing space, right? Uh, I think Broadcom considers themselves wholly focused on data center only, data center backend plumbing and the front end desktop stuff, although a lot of it runs obviously in the data center. Um, uh, they are also looking at who could, who could manage the cloud service. Azure now is all cloud service, desktop cloud, uh, Google cloud. There's a lot of desktop cloud stuff that maybe one of those cloud vendors is in a better position to, you know, to keep the product set competitive, which then helps vSphere backend or, uh, you know, VMware products backend. And so finding a stronger partner, Right to your point, Brad, find a stronger partner that can go to war, go to head to head against the Microsofts of the world who are still competing very, very strongly in the cloud desktop kind of space. Right. So I think it's an opportunity. Um, Matt, you know, uh, I think you are in the UC group, right? So I, I am. So I have to be very tactile of what I share in a public forum. Yeah, and I don't want you to share anything. I was just going to make a comment that as soon as you get sold off, you're not, you're out, you're not persona non grata here. You, you can't, yeah, you're, you're done. We don't want you back on the podcast. Well, at least I know where I EUC guys from that other company. We wouldn't want to have Matt back. Matt, you're always welcome in a VMUG. So we got your back, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Yeah. At least one of us is on board with this new concept. You know, that's my tongue in cheek, my point. I, I don't think you're going to go away just because you end up at a different company. Unless, of course, that company says, don't ever talk to Eric Nielsen again because we hate him. But I, I can't imagine that we're still going to spend time together. I would say that, in my opinion, as we take an application-centric approach to end-user computing, the idea that we offer desktops and published applications that put administrators in a position to offer those services in a hyperscaler or hypervisor neutral stance, the more competitive that our end user computing platform is. And the easier that we integrate those services, i.e. you could see large org global organizations that would offer desktop services not only on-prem, but delivered from such services as Azure Virtual Desktop or Amazon Workspaces Core or another hyperscaler's offering. And that we could do that seamlessly based on where the business has chosen to place their applications, all the better. So with, right. yeah. without saying too much of the, the future roadmap, I think that the key to a successful end user computing organization and platform is one that allows, again, desktops are great, but desktops 
or the thing that gets us to the thing to borrow or borrow a great line from Halt and Catch Fire. If you haven't seen the series, go and watch it now this weekend. Binge the thing. It's fantastic. Brad, I, I got to say, this does bring up a point, which is, you know, we've been focused on the VMware divisions and we go, oh, they're selling off. But, you know, you probably need to we need to get you in front of the EUC people because we want to lock them into budget spend as well. Right. Like they, they just because they're being sold off doesn't mean their business is not there for the taking. Oh, trust me. We're talking to EUC. Many of y'all know Holly Lehman. We're, we're talking to her on a regular basis and trying to see. We've got a EUC day coming up. So uh, working uh, with them on that. So absolutely like that. I mean, really, there could be a scenario where that relationship that we have currently with the EUC folks, Matt, you being one of them, you know, one day it is what it is. It's great. The next day it's the same thing. It's just a different label instead of Broadcom on the EUC side. And we're just continuing on again, business as usual, because we do want that content. Um, absolutely want that content. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, well, that was good. Um, you know, a lot of people on the, on the session this morning, you know, were, you know, throwing out lots of questions, a lot of comments, a lot of things that you couldn't get at, right? I mean, there is some stuff that are just out of your control. I thought you did a sure. really nice job talking. Right, about you control SKUs and yeah, pricing yeah, for right. all exactly. com, don't you? Please don't, please don't get that rumor started. <laughs> no, it, it was um, it was a lively, spirited chat, and uh, we had over nineteen hundred people attend. Ah, why? I, I, somebody asked me that. How many people were there? Nineteen hundred. Like it was over a thousand. It seemed like it's never seen chat go by that fast. Oh my gosh, it was it was insane. Uh, we had over thirty three hundred people register. Nineteen hundred show up. So. Um, Yes, I've got actually all the chats printed out and I'm going to read through everything. I answered as many questions as I could. We ran out of time, but there was a lot of, of stuff coming at me at that, uh, you know, in the chat and those kind of things. So wasn't trying to ignore the chat. It was just too much. It was overload. I, I couldn't I handle thought, it. We'll digest it. I, I did talk to Michael Roy afterward because we had a VCF meeting. And I would say that Mike, Michael thought that it was good you had all that because this was a place to vent, right? Yes. This, Sometimes you have a party and everybody comes together and, you know, they just vent and they gossip and they you're just getting it out. Right. And you're talking to other people and, you know, eventually you calm down or you take you listen to everybody. And then maybe you form a different opinion later when you've when you've had some time to think about it. So I think that was a healthy thing to do because user groups and community is about expressing their thoughts and venting and and, you know, sharing frustrations and sharing happiness and it's it's I, I tell i tell people the definition between of happiness is the delta between the worst of times and the best of times and if you just always have best of times you're not going to be very happy you have to have these worst of times where we're engaged with one another in friendship and community you know there are some hard times and there are amazing times and the the in it you have a difference. That's true happiness. Right. And so I felt like this was one of those meetings that served its purpose of letting people, you know, talk to one another when things were challenging right, for them. Yeah. And VMUG's an open community. Obviously, we're VMUG, right? The VM stands for VMware and VMware user group. So that's what we're going to be focused around. But, you know, conversations like in the chat, the, the amount that I've read so far, you know, they're like, hey, we're looking for alternatives doing this. And that's fine conversations to have. Obviously, I want you to still stick with VMware because then you'll continue to be a VMUG member. Um, but, you know, it's this is business. Everything's fair game to discuss. And we want VMUG to be a place where you can 
you know, have those discussions with your peers. And uh, Matt was very diplomatic. Um, I will be less diplomatic and say that um, I always get myself in trouble on these things because I say things that I'm not supposed to talk about yet. Um, but what I would say is that I know that we're doing briefing, product briefings with you in the coming weeks, right? So the partner stuff all got announced uh, today, tomorrow. You did a great job talking about how partners are being notified already. And we, me and you have worked on getting that messaging out and working with uh, the leadership at VMware or at Broadcom to make sure VMUG got briefed on partners. The next step of this is the product briefings. And we haven't done product briefings yet. We're waiting. They're not ready yet, apparently. So we we did, we have not been briefed on the end all product models, right? And I think it's still being decided. As soon as we get that, then you know we'll have those conversations as well. And I'm sure it won't be as dark and as bad as everybody thought the partners. We heard rumors that they were only going to deal with 200 partners and all partners are going to be. And Brad, you came in and articulated the uh, great partner story. Maybe you should just cover that right now, just the little two sentences on partners, because I'm, I know a lot of people that might be listening to this are wondering where their favorite partners going to end up. Yeah, so we did a partner town hall on Monday that obviously was just for partners. And we touched a little bit on the town hall, the general member town hall we had earlier today. But look, Broadcom has got the information out there. You can go to broadcom.com slash VMware. You can download the FAQ. And I have got that um, around here somewhere, but I could just go from memory on this one. But February 5th is when the new program starts. And they said in their in the FAQ that business as usual up until February 4th, and then it's going to switch over to February 5th. So your partner should be able to get you information on upgrades and those kind of things. You know, candidly, I'm hearing some, some places that's not the case, but I'm telling you it should be per this Broadcom fact. So if you need help with that, you can reach out to me, reach out to VMUG. The other thing that's important to note about that is they said that they're going to be inviting active uh, partners back to the program. So you're going to get invited back and they define active as, and this is Broadcom, is if you've done business in, in the past 24 months. So if I'm an end user and I bought from my partner X six months ago, nine months ago, 18 months ago, and you want to continue to buy from them where well, they're going to get invited back because you're the one that's got the contract that kind of kept them eligible. I'm sure they have other contracts as well. So I'm, I'm not anticipating any big change on that uh, because I, I, I believe anybody that's really doing anything in the VMware ecosystem, they will get invited back. Now, look, VMware had thousands and thousands of partners. There's probably some in there that weren't doing much anyway, and they, they probably need to just, you know, go on about their way and do whatever they're going to do. So I don't think this is a bad move. I don't think it's going to affect many of the VMUG members because, again, they've been buying software. They've been buying it from somewhere. So that's going to kind of enable them to uh, continue buying from familiar places. Uh, that being said, now's always a good time to to look around at other partners as well. Who knows how these partners relationships are going to change and, you know, who's going to yeah. have different uh, options for you and up and including to not just the licensing, but the support on the back end, too, because that's something that partners are going to uh, play a big, a big part in. And what I had heard was that um, because of the transition, all partner contracts 
had to be rewritten on Broadcom paper. So everyone needed to go through this process, whether you were an active partner and an inactive partner, everybody had to re-up their paperwork, re-sign. It's a new ink and you had to have a contract with your new ink because you're doing business with them. You're buying product and getting commissions and all that. So they needed to take everybody through this and they were working on it. And then this February 4th and February 5th. So this wasn't really driven by Broadcom wants to radically change how they're working with partners. This was just, we need to reach switch everybody to new partners. And then they're just basically saying, oh, no, by the way, if you haven't done any business with VMware in the last couple of years, you're going to have to come talk to us and convince us why you're going to do future business, because we don't want to have our roles full of inactive partners. Right. And that, that's completely fair. So I think that was the right thing. And, you know, it just took a month or so to get through. And uh, that that should that issue should go away. My, my guess is Matt, uh, we're coming up the top of the hour. So I'll let you, you know, if you got anything else you want to talk to Brad about, I'll let you take the time. Brad, let's talk about user cons, right? We talk about business as usual. So what do we have coming up as far as the user con schedule? Are those still on track? What's out there? What can we expect for the spring? Great question, Matt. Thank you. So yes, user cons are rolling. We are getting ready to kick them off. Uh, traditionally, we don't do many user cons in January, February by design. Kind of let everybody get over the holidays and get back in the swing of things. So March 14th is the Florida user con. That's going to be in Orlando. Um, March 19th is St. Louis. I'll be at the St. Louis UserCon. So if you want to talk to me, uh, you are more than welcome to come by. To that one, Philadelphia is March 26th. The Dutch UserCon is March 26th. I'll be at the Dutch UserCon as well. A uh, little fun fact here, that is the largest UserCon uh, in the world, and it's held that title for many, many years. Um, not all years, but the majority of the years for sure. Um, and then kind of rounding out, Wisconsin is April 4th, Denver is April 18th, Germany is April 25th, uh, May on, just go to the website, vmug.com, they're all posted out there. We do about 26 of these across the globe, you know, a handful, six, eight of them are in Europe, the rest of them are in uh, North America, uh, so it's, uh, it's a great event. They're free to attend, uh, the one exception is the Netherlands one. Most of them are free to attend, uh, it's a day event, it's kind of like a mini explore, if you will put into a day. And I can tell you that like for Florida, for example, uh, it's Amanda Blevins is going to be keynoting. So many of y'all know Amanda from her uh, VMware CTO days. So she is going to be keynoting that one. St. Louis is going to have Chris McCain keynoting. Uh, if you've never heard Chris McCain speak, he's fantastic. He's a double VCDX and Go he's going to be talking. It. Chris, yep. give a presentation that will change your life. I don't it, say that lightly. The man yeah. has a gift for presentations. Absolutely. So my point in bringing that up, these are high quality, high caliber uh, keynotes that we have. And then, of course, we've got breakout sessions. We're going to have vendors there as well. So it's a lot of fun. So definitely check them out if you've got one in your area. Local meetings are continuing to happen as well. All this can be found at vmug.com. If you're not a member, join. Membership is free. You can go sign up for uh, to be a vmug member and you'll get asked, hey, where are you located? So you can say, hey, I'm in for instance, I'm in Nashville, so I put I'm in Nashville, and then I'll get information about the local Nashville meetings that happen for you to get plugged into. So that's the best way to find information on user cons and everything else is uh, vmug.com. I have one final question for the both of you. Will right. the name remain the same? Is there anything out there to say that we're looking at 
maybe shifting away from VMUG, or will the acronym stay as is to acknowledge the history and, and the user base? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I get that question a lot too, and VMUG is here to stay. We are not changing our name. We're going to continue to be VMUG. VMware is not going away. Obviously, the company has. You know, They're all Broadcom employees now, but the software is still there. So under the Broadcom umbrella, VMware is a piece of it. It's a large piece of it. And so VMUG is going to stay VMUG. So I like to say, keep those stickers on your laptop. No need to rip them off. Uh, VMUG is here. And the name, the logo, everything like that is going to be the same. And we're happy about that. Fantastic. I'm super happy, too, because you said both of us. So I'll say the same thing. Although to me, I kind of felt like Bug would have been a really fun name, you know, the but uh, Broadcom Music Group, but uh, I don't think we're ever going to go there. So uh, VMs is where we're at. So uh, virtual machines. <laughs> Only Eric would say that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what, Broadcom Music What? <laughs> no, I get it. Bug. I get it. That's hilarious. Uh, like the idea for the logos at all, I mean, here, it right? would just, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of the humor here we, we we've got to laugh sometimes too right that's, that's right, right. It's, it's, it's good um you know we're at the top of the hour we got five minutes left and you know we do stream on youtube.com slash v barbecue b-a-r-b-e-c-u-e uh and uh matt since you're back you know uh we do have to talk a little bit about a barbecue because you know the the the, the, the podcast group pulled ourselves together and got you a Christmas present, you know, a smoker. How's it going? What's well, the report? I, I have Ooh. to say thank you very much to, to the podcast community as a whole for uh, the Traeger that happened to show up uh, right before Christmas. Big so money. I am, I am not using right now currently my outdoor gas-fired oven, as Eric would like to say it, also known as my Weber, uh, nearly as much as I have with the Traeger. Now, I've tried a multitude of, of items, of smoked goods out on the Traeger. Chicken being the easiest. I'd have to recommend from someone that's a novice at the whole entire smoking idea that just good old plain chicken breasts as opposed to going the whole entire, let's say, brisket route um, was, was much simpler. Okay? And I did try brisket. I tried a brisket over uh, New Year's weekend. And through 18 plus hours of, of fun and joy, um, I will say that there is a lot to be learned outside of the actual smoking process, such as, you know, which rubs are you going to use? Uh, trimmings, right? If you're buying a, a whole brisket uh, from a Costco or a Sam's Club or whatnot, um, to trim that down, there's quite a bit of an art form as far as trimming and whatnot. And if you go down the YouTube rabbit hole that is brisket or ribs or anything that has to do with smoking, um, you can easily get into a, a, a deep, dark hole. So go enjoy it. Uh, don't be a scaredy cat like I was for years to try the whole entire complimentary thing to the outdoor gas-fired oven. Uh, it's something that I've come to enjoy and appreciate and use as an and solution. I'm thinking now in the EUC context of sometimes that we sell our solutions. It's an and, not an or, as far as a food delivery and preparation vehicle uh, to all things outdoor barbecue. So, yeah, I absolutely love it. And thank you to, to everyone that was involved 
and sharing that miraculous little gift that showed up for Christmas time. Yeah, we 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 all thought it was worthy of, of making it happen for you, Matt. And uh, you've worked so hard showing up week after week, and you're on the road sometimes, and you're in your car sometimes. You've just gone over the top to be here. And we talked about Ryan uh, Johnson earlier today with at a meeting I was at, and Ryan used to host the podcast, and he lasted like two years because as a technical person, you're busy, right? So we appreciate it. We appreciate you know you coming on every week after week when you can make it and then being the being the co-host so it's cool and i would agree with you it's not like you smoke everything smoking is kind of a uh, a technique that you, that you use it's a often. zen right it this yeah. isn't something that you're just going to go at tuesday at six o'clock hey i need to fire this thing up and and you know make a meal for four no this, there's some planning and execution into all of this so Matt, I, I've spent a lot of time back in 2013 to 2017 cooking on my Traeger. And what I did is every time I cooked something, I messed it up the first time, but I took notes on my times, what I used, all of it. So I've got tons and tons of notes and I have um, some things I'll share with you. Um, I, I think I've perfected ribs um, where you can't get them any better. Now, what is your altitude? What altitude do you live at? Oh, we're just a little bit over a thousand feet. So okay. it's, it's right. not yeah, even pleasing to it. Yeah. I'm relearning going from like 20 feet to 6,200 feet. So well, that's I'm, fascinating. I'm adjusting my times. So I will reach out to you on text and I will send you some of my, uh, um, some of my latest notes on what's worked best for me with rubs and times and all of it. I haven't tried ribs yet, Corey. So okay. that's the I'll, next I'll thing that I the, really want to drive into. I can't yeah. wait to, to get some advice from seasoned I did, professional. I'll give you my modified three, two, one. I'm sure you heard of three, two, one, right? Cook for three hours, steam for two, and then smoke for another another one. For me, that never worked. It wasn't good enough. So I perfected them and adjusted times on every single cook. Tried it, had neighbors try it, wrote down notes, and did it again. I probably cooked 75 to 100 different times with ribs alone wow i won i won national not national i won barbecue competitions where people brought in fifty thousand dollars smokers and i brought in my costco trigger nice so i'm not trying to brag just saying i've got some good data that i'll share with you and uh, anyone else who wants it reach out to me i did uh, i did uh two if there's not bar graphs and pie charts involved (laughs) on on this story i All right, I gotta go because I got a hard stop at one o'clock. We're at one. Brad, uh, as always, Tompkins. Thanks a lot for being here. Thank Happy you, to be here. People said thanks a lot on the chat here for all the work you do, and uh, we appreciate uh, all the hard work you guys do. And thank uh, you for your leadership too during yeah, these yeah. Uh, challenging yeah. times, Brad. All we those appreciate miles. it. Absolutely. All those miles. Thanks, Please. everybody. Thanks, everybody. Right. Enjoyed thanks. it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.